Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody, it's David and I am really excited to be with you today. Why am I excited? Because it is the fourth episode of our podcast, the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. And uh, I'm just really excited as to how this podcast has been going so far and growing so far. Um, and really happy to have you here with me, whether you're listening to this when it launches or at a later point in time. Now, show notes for today's episode, guys, I just want to hit that right off the bat, are at learnstagelighting.com slash 004. And um, I want to go ahead and uh, talk about today's featured segment. Our big topic here is how do I make an even wash of light across my stage? Okay. And so we've talked about previously, um, to begin with the end goal in, goal in mind, we talked about that in podcast three. And now here in podcast four, I want to talk about making that even wash if your goal is to have an even wash. And so generally this is a you know, any sort of stage where you're going to have a presenter on it. Okay, so this may be a corporate event, some kind of live production. This could be a church. This could be a band show, just where the guys need to walk around a lot. The guys or girls um, need to walk around a lot on the stage. It can be lots of types of shows. Just the goal here is, hey, you want light that as you walk across the stage is even so that it's not distracting, so that the person on stage is just clearly seen no matter where they are, and there aren't dips and bright spots and dark spots as they walk around. And so how do we accomplish this nice smooth wash across our stage that we're looking for? Well, it's actually a pretty simple formula, and once you understand it, you'll be able to hop in to whatever type of lighting you do and really begin creating this and, and and I gotta tell you it's not that difficult to create a pretty good wash you know it takes a while to perfect it and to get really good at creating a wash but you can make a pretty even wash pretty easily um, if you just follow these basic steps and so the first thing I want to go over is that the best washes of light are created with a simple formula okay and there's gonna be an article in the show notes that goes over this as well um, but from the person's head on stage so that's usually, you know, about six feet off the deck, off the stage floor is what I generally go. Um, so you, you don't want to take the, the height of the room here. You want to take the height of the stage plus that six feet for an average person. Um, you know, air towards the tall side because, uh, you know, your wash, if it's too, you know, high per se and someone shorts in it, that's fine. They're covered. But if your wash is too low and you get a basketball player that walks across that stage, you're going to have issues. Okay. Um, I remember one time, uh, for a slight meandering, I was doing a show and, uh, I learned, uh, I walked in one morning, it was a corporate event and I learned, oh, Shaq's going to be here today speaking from stage. Well, good thing we made the wash, um, plenty tall. <laughs> and so, um, but from that person's head on stage, the light should be 45 degrees upward. So if you, you know, point your hand, you know, upward about 45 degrees, that's where you want it to be. And then you want to cover that person with two lights. And each of those lights from the front are going to be 45 degrees outward as well from that center point. Okay. So the two lights are 90 degrees apart. You know, it's pretty easy to visualize about 90 degrees. And then you also want to have a light, um, a backlight behind each 
zone on stage, each place on stage that is directly behind the person and up and, and back a little is great too. Now, none of these angles, as I, I get into this, are, you know, set in stone because I realize, hey, we all live in the real world here, right? You guys like real world shows, real world church services, real world bands, and getting that perfect 45 degree angle might happen. It really might in some situations, in some circumstances, and it does. However, it's it's really a guideline. I understand and I know because of what I do that, you know, it's not going to be perfect 45 anytime. Um, it, it really is, you know, something that this is a good guideline to go by, but you don't have to follow it perfectly. In fact, you know, generally, um, if you're going to go off of that 45, you can go higher than that a little bit, but people are going to start to get shadowy eyes, um, a funny shadow under their neck, etc. If you go lower than that, the light's generally going to look fine on the people. However, it's going to put more light on your backdrop if, if that's something that's really important for your specific circumstance. And it's going to seem blinding to people the lower the angle gets um, vertically because the, the light source, that really bright light, is getting closer to the audience. And so that makes people feel uh, more blinded when they're on stage and being lit from that lower angle. All right, so those are the basic angles where we need to put the lights. And now you're thinking to yourself, okay, David, that, that's great. We need three lights. Um, but, you know, my stage is 30 feet wide. Like, I can't light that with just three lights. It's, it's not going to work. Physics is not on my side. And that is the case. So these three lights are going to make what we like to call a zone, or you might hear called an acting area on your stage. And each zone or acting area should be about 8 to 10 feet wide. That's generally how it is, though there's really no hard and fast rule to that. It's more about, um, you know, making it a zone where the light is bright enough for your needs, um, whether that's just the audience seeing it or if there's cameras, etc. Um, so wide enough that, you know, it's the light is bright enough um, and, and just something that works with your, your angles of your fixtures. So that's eight to 10 feet is a good guideline, a general guideline of what to go with. But, you know, it can be um, smaller, though that makes your focus pointing the lights a lot more difficult. Or it can be wider as well, but you're going to lose brightness there. When you have these different acting areas, we want to make sure that the lighting is consistent from zone to zone. All right, so we talked about making it consistent in one place, having it that 45 degrees up and 45 degrees out for your main front lights and then directly behind as your backlight. And we like to get some angle on that so it's not right overhead of the person, but behind and up. And so what you want to do then is um, between your different acting areas, it's really key, and this is really important, okay, that your lights are a consistent distance from each zone on the stage, okay? So you your wash isn't going to be even if in one zone, you know, say all the way on the left side of stage, you know, the lights are 20 feet away from the stage. And then your next zone, the lights are 10 feet away from the stage and have a different lens in them. And then the next zone, they're, you know, 30 feet or 100 feet from the stage, and have another different lens in them. If you're patching together a rig where, you know, each zone on stage is being lit from a different distance, like dramatically different, 
then it's not going to be consistent. And I know sometimes there's circumstances, sometimes there's stages where, you know, you just have to deal and, and you're not going to be able to light every position from about the same distance. But in a perfect world, if you're planning this and you're trying to make the best wash of stage light possible, then it's really key to get those lights for each acting zone a consistent distance from the acting zone so that um, things just line up with physics and then it helps you, you know, easily make a smooth, even wash of light. And uh, using these three points, these three lights, the two from the front at 45s and the one in the back is kind of the standard of lighting design um, in our industry. It's, it's how, you know, lighting designers build shows and make our plots so that you can have a nice even wash of light across your stage so the next question um that often comes up is okay so what fixture should i use to create this wash because there's so many different types of lighting fixtures out there there's fresnels pars leco's you know there's um you know led wash lights there's moving lights there's you know pc lights all kinds of different lights. What should I use to create this wash? Well, just like the way I said, you know, your lights need to be consistent in their distance from the stage. You also want the type of lights to be consistent. And I've seen this mistake a lot of times. I've walked into a venue or a theater or a church or a band um, set up like a club or something. And I've seen, you know, a stage wash where there's all sorts of different lights pointing at the stage. You know, you know, the, the middle of the stage is kind of covered by some Lecos, but the outside has some pars. Um, and, you know, just like inconsistent spacing, if, if inconsistent distance and angles from your stage make your wash uneven, well, inconsistent fixtures are going to make your stage uneven. And so that could be, you know, having different lenses and different lensing for different parts of your stage. Um, that are all the same distance from the lighting anyways, um, that's a, that can be problematic. And then having different fixtures, you know, like that example I just mentioned. Um, if some of your stage is lit by PARs and some of it by Lecos, you know, it, it, if, you're, if you get good at lighting and you work hard with it over time, you can make that work decently, but it's not going to be as good if you started with all one type of fixture. And so um, in a future podcast episode in, um, a few weeks or so, I'm going to be going over all the different types of lights that we have in our world of lighting and just kind of talk about some of the pros and cons of each. But the key takeaway for today is just that, you know, you can use pretty much any type of fixture to create a wash, you know, beam moving lights or, you know, pin spots or something like that, you know, probably aren't going to be your best choice. But, you know, most lights, you know, whether that be PARs, Fresnels, Lecos, whatever, you know, can make a good even wash. And the key is really just being consistent and using the same type of fixture with the same lamps in them, you know, across your stage. When I say lamp, if you're new to lighting, um, that's what we call light bulbs here in this lighting industry. And so, you know, I really like making my washes with Fresnels, that's my favorite, or PARs. Um, but sometimes, you know, you got to use Lecos. And while it doesn't make quite as nice of a look of stage wash, 
you're able to use Alico, and we'll talk about this later, an ellipsoidal or Alico, or a source for, as they're sometimes called. Um, you're able to take these. They have the ability to shutter cut so that you can easily crop that light over pieces on stage that you don't want the light on. And so you can totally do a wash with Lecos. You can do a wash with pretty much any type of light. Again, the key here, guys, is consistency. Um, I hope I haven't rambled on that too much, but it's really, really important. And I've seen it uh, go wrong so many times. And so, you know, even like I mentioned, you know, say you're doing your wash with PARs. They're often the most economical way to do a stage wash. You know, that's great. But make sure your PARs are consistent. You know, are they all the same type of lamp? You know, are you mixing Source 4 PARs and, and regular PARs? Um, because that's going to give you some inconsistent results. And so if you can, I would avoid that at all costs. You know, maybe do your front light with the old school PARs and do your backlight with the Source 4 PARs or, or vice versa. But, you know, find a way to make things consistent across your stage. And, and that's really going to benefit you as you try to make the wash even. Now, let's talk about when you focus these lights. Um, you know, the first thing you want to do when you are focusing a wash is, okay, you've got all your lights hung. You've got them in the appropriate places to hit those angles we talked about. Now, you want to make the room as dark as you can, okay? And I know sometimes you're in a shared space. Maybe it's a venue and there's people working and, you know, you may not be able to make it very dark. Well, make it as dark as you can. Then get yourself up on the at the lights and find a friend um, to stand wherever you're pointing the lights, okay? And that, that's really key. If, you know, once you get good at it, you may not need that person all the time, but it always helps if that person's available. I still use people to help me do my washes, um, even though I don't necessarily need it. It makes the process easier, simpler, and hey, it gives you somebody to talk to while you're doing it. And then you need to be able to control your console, right? Be able to turn some of the lights on, some of the lights off, and there's two primary ways to do that in, in this modern, awesome age. The first is you're going to use either, you know, an app for your, your console, maybe, or Touch OSC or something like that. I'm going to link to a post about Touch OSC in the show notes. Or just get the console on stage. Literally take your console out to the stage and have the person on stage running it while they, you know, they can stand in the place and then they can go over the console, turn a light on, turn a light off, whatever you need. And I like to go ahead, and there's different ways to do this, but I like to go ahead and literally focus my wash, you know, from one side and then from the other. So literally go across the whole stage and focus the wash from the left side. And again, this is one of those things that's totally subjective. And so across the industry, you're going to see there's no right or wrong way to do this per se. But this is how I like it to do it. And you take all your lights, say the, the light that's coming from the left, that 45 from the front that's coming from the left, you do all the lefts and you make a nice even wash across that stage, but of course, only from that left angle. Then I turn those off and I do the right. And it's important, um, you may want, if you don't have physical stage decks, to mark out your distances. Just take some pieces of tape, you know, some console tape or some gaff tape or something, and mark out your acting areas where they're going to be so that when you switch from the left to the right, you don't um, get your acting zones all messed up and, and overlapping funny so that things stay pretty consistent um, as you make that wash. All right, and then you're just going to go ahead 
you know, focus that first light. So literally turn it on, you know, point it into place and, um, excuse me, and go ahead and then just, you know, move on to the next light. And once you've got that first light pointed in place and you're moving to a second light or a third or a fourth or a fifth or a 10th or a 20th, whatever, um, you're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, this is where it's really helpful to be in the dark because you're going to look for that, where that light stops or begins to fade out. And this is going to depend on your type of light, right? If you've got a sharp edge, like a Leco, you know, your light may literally just stop pretty abruptly. And I like to soften that when I'm creating a wash, you know, put some diffusion gel in there or whatever, um, make that light soft. But when you see that light starting to fall off, that's where you inch the next light in because it's going to fall off too. And, and, and you take those two places where they fall off and you just kind of bring them together until it looks right, until it looks consistent. And that's really all I can say about that. There's, you know, it's, this is where, you know, lighting and creating a wash can, can really become an art because, you know, you're looking with your eye visually to say, okay, you know, where does it get brighter? Where does it get darker? And um, feel free to have your person on stage have them walk back and forth between that transition zone and you'll, you'll learn and you'll be able to see, you know, pretty quickly how that works and how it gets brighter, it gets darker, but then you can tweak the light a little to make it right. And then last but not least, um, on the troubleshooting side of things, if you do get a spot that's too bright or too dark, you want to look through a couple things. You know, I just talked about pinpointing your transition zone and, and figuring out that transition between the lights. Um, so, so stand, literally stand in that transition zone. Um, you can use a light meter if you've got one or even just the DMX cat app from city theatrical. I'm going to link to my review of their device, um, and the app itself in the show notes. And then, you know, just, you can see, okay, you know, is that coming? You can begin to see, okay, is this in the transition zone where the lights are overlapping too much? You know, try moving the one light or the other and just see if that fixes the problem. Or is this bright or dark spot, you know, across the whole light? Is there one light that's just brighter? And then in that case, you want to go ahead, you know, check the lamp. Is it consistent with your other fixtures, etc.? And if everything's checking out, um, you know, you can go ahead and you can do something called bench focusing um, to try to get more output out of that light if it's a conventional light. Um, or... You could just go in your console and just dim that one down a little bit until it makes the wash right. Though that's not the ideal way to do things. If you're only dimming, you know, 5 or 10%, it's not going to be super noticeable as well. And so, guys, with that, that's our feature segment. Um, basically, you know, a in-depth kind of look over, you know, the past 18 minutes as to just, okay, how to make a nice even wash across the stage. So I hope you take this, guys, and uh, you really... Use it in your context, whatever that may be, to be able to create, you know, lighting that really wows people and really allows the people on stage to be seen and to communicate clearly. Let's dive in to our mailbag. All right. Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Mailbag. This is where I take uh, comments and questions that come into learnstagelighting.com slash contact. There's a form there that you can fill out and uh, contact me. These come into my email inbox, and uh, once a week when we do the podcast here, I go ahead and I answer these for people um, and to help you guys, you know, with whatever you're dealing with in lighting. Um, nothing's off limits as long as it's appropriate, of course. 
And so um, that is key. Now, the first person who wrote in this week is uh, Rick. And Rick has a great question. He's asking about, he's doing a church um, install, basic install at his church with some basic lighting. And he's asking, okay, you know, can I run Cat5 cable from my lighting console up to my lighting position and also to the stage um, just using Cat5 to DMX adapters? And then he asks them, will this meet all the guidelines of resistance um, to make DMX signal happy? Um, will it be able to work with RDM as well because he's working with the ETC color source, um, which, you know, uses RDM, which is great. And so he says, hey, I'm trying to learn as you go here. Um, so thank you, David. Okay, Rick. So um, the short answer is yes. Um, Cat5 cable is great for DMX. And I'm going to link in the show notes to a great post from ETC about running Ethernet cable for DMX. And basically, um, it boils down to this. DMX cable, and we'll talk about this later, you know, has the specification of, of 120 ohms and and all this other stuff. Um, but basically, pretty much any cable that's designed to carry a digital signal is going to meet the specs that DMX is gonna want, okay? So, for example, a lot of DMX cable that gets manufactured is actually AES EBU cable, and this is a digital audio cable. You know, the specifications for AES is real close to DMX, and so it works great. You know, what you don't want to do, as you probably learned, is use microphone cable or, um, you know, any other type of cable that, that really doesn't meet the specs of DMX. And I'll talk about that in a future podcast. But yes, Cat5 is awesome for running DMX um, just with those adapters. And especially, you know, in a permanent install like a church, Cat5 is great because, you know, it's an expensive cable. Sure, it's not going to hold up to the demands of, you know, somebody who's using it for live productions and sitting up and tearing down all the time. But if it's installed in the wall, man, run that Cat5 and save your money because, uh, you know, Cat5 obviously is is quite inexpensive. Um, it's pretty easy to terminate yourself as well. And then you can just use adapters at both ends and be rocking and rolling. All right, and today our second question is from Maria. And Maria wrote in and said, I'm using a Chave Obey 6 and I'm having trouble using it i wonder if you could help why yes i can um so let me just type this in quick again guys um those of you who write in these questions just to, to keep things raw and uh you know transparent i don't really read these questions um uh, before i get here i just simply go ahead and uh, copy and paste them into my document um that i'm reading off of my show notes here for me and then as i do the podcast i answer these off the cuff um because i think it's a lot of fun and so um, I might be strange like that, but I think it, um, you know, allows us to kind of see all together, you know, those of you who might be new to lighting or if you've been around for a while, you know, what my thought process is as I go through to help uh, folks solve their problems. And again, you know, if um, you are looking, you know, usually um, people write me, I get back within a couple weeks. If you're looking for closer, um, a closer timeline or more um, in-depth feedback and back and forth, go ahead and check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. It's a membership community that I host that uh, helps fund this website and uh, just allows us to bring you the best content possible. And inside there, there's a lot of interactive videos as well as interaction with me and other people who are serious about lighting in our forums. So the Chave Obey 6. 
Um, this is, you know, a little hardware-based console, for those of you who are not familiar with it, within the Shave Obey series. So these are just, you know, basic hardware-based consoles um, that you're able to get going. And so the first thing that you want to do, and this is going to be consistent across all the Obey consoles, is make sure you've got your fixtures addressed right, okay? So these consoles, what they do is um, the Obey 6, for example, and the 3 and the 4, I believe there is, um, they're built for LEDs. And But whether you're using, you know, an Obey 6 or an Obey 40 or an Obey 70, you know, or a number of models from American DJ and Alation that are very similar, they've got these fixtures defined on the board. And then you have to go to the manual or do the math yourself to figure out where to patch those fixtures. So for this example, it's an Obey 6. And so it's literally got one, two, three, four, five, six. Imagine that faders. And so you'll want to patch your fixtures generally at one and then seven. I'm just looking in the manual here just to be sure. I'm, yep. One and then seven because there's six faders. So the next one would start at seven, then 13, 19, 25, and 31. Now you can patch multiple DMX fixtures to the same DMX address. Um, they're just always going to react the same way, but that's not a problem at all. And so once you've got your fixtures addressed that way, you're going to want to wire them up. Okay. Um, I'm going to link to a post on how to wire DMX in the show notes. And then you're just going to go ahead and um, literally, you know, just pull up the front view here. These consoles are, are pretty simple, but if you haven't done anything with lighting before, you know, it might take a little bit of learning. You literally just go ahead, select your fixtures at the top. So select which fixtures, click that button and get that light above it to light up um, for whatever fixtures you want to work with. Then below hand, you can either select a color from the predefined colors. Um, and you need to do that by pressing that preset button first, I believe. Or you can press the manual RGBA WUV button and then control those on the faders. Okay. And so then you'd be controlling red, green, blue, white, amber, UV. And then, of course, on the right all the way, there's a button called blackout. Um, you want to make sure that that is not lit up. And then you should be good to go at that point. Um, that's pretty much the basics. It's, you know, a pretty basic little console. But if you're new to DMX and, and new to lighting, I can understand how it can seem a little confusing at first. And, hey, if uh, that doesn't work for you, you know, feel free to uh, check out Orange Stage Lighting Labs. Or even better, the uh, free version is Call Chavez, um, because... They have a great customer support team um, that can walk you right through it on the phone. And uh, they're really great as well. Well, guys, that's about it for today's show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, show notes for this episode are at learnstagelighting.com slash zero zero four. And then um, if you can, if you have a minute, just tell a friend about this show. Okay, just let somebody know. Um, doesn't have to be through an iTunes review or anything like this, but just if there's somebody who works with lighting or who would like to work with lighting and you think they'd find this show interesting, let them know about the show. Tell them, hey, go check out episode one, have them start at the start and uh, share the show so that it can grow and we can help more people with their lighting. Thanks, guys, and have a great week. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. Be sure to visit us at LearnStageLighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. 
I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.